welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Hell, in Ocean City, New Jersey, and we are, I didn't realize it was going to be this windy. I was like, oh man, we'll go down, do the live feed on the beach. It's going to be hilarious. And then now look, I'm in like this tent of like, of like, blankets because it's so windy at the beach. What's up, Caitlin? What's up, Tracy Pinter? Tracy Pinter, I really liked your message that you sent um, about Brody and stuff. That was very nice. Um, what's that? It was an email. Oh, it was an email. I know, but it was still a message in an email. Um, what's up, everybody? I'm in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, school goes back for me tomorrow uh, for meetings and stuff like that. So I try to get my kids down to the beach for one more time. And then we got here and it is crazy windy. So I have like this ridiculous look I'm in like I look like I'm selling things um, and so it's kind of hilarious what's up Ed what's up Matthew um, so I'm looking forward uh, it does look great it's it's really really nice out it's probably like 83 degrees the water temperature is pretty warm today and the kids brought friends which means I don't have to like play as much because um, the problem is when I play with them Everybody else's kids want to play with me too, even though I don't know who they are. It just gets crazy. What's up? I'm here. So, yeah, we're just trying to squeeze in one more beach day before uh, school meetings and PDs start back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 8 a.m. So, there goes the not so secret wife. So, oh. is this too windy? Can anyone hear? Like, is this sound all right? Because I'd love to help and I want to be consistent and like be on here, but like, I, I don't want to like have it a mess. It's 95 in Texas, they just said. Um, so let's do this. I got, I put out a video. Okay, Matthew Reyes said that it sounds good here. Um, I got a lot of emails. I made a video I put out this morning about like, um, about like all the emails I've been getting that like have been from folks that are like really, really struggling. So I'm wondering um, to just kind of kick it off, like if there's, if there's anything, let me see how to do this. Uh, if there's anything that I can do to help today that's gonna make you feel better going into your week, right? That's kind of the idea. If this is your first time here, Sunday Night Teacher Talk is about empowering you, energizing you, motivating you so that you can go in on Monday morning and just feel like, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I wanna help you feel a little bit better and like, um, and ready to go on Monday morning. So every once in a while I get a question about, I don't know, kids in kindergarten that I don't really have an answer to. Uh, so if there's any questions that you're thinking about, um, and talk more about classroom management tips, I would say, so Matthew, classroom management is probably the, the I feel like it's the biggest concern of most teachers, right? It's like, how do you just get kids to behave? Because if you can get them to behave, or you can have smooth running procedures, then you'll like, it'll just go like, everything will go better from that. So I would say, geez, I, you know, I think for me, it's about being authentic who you are. So if you feel like you are, there goes the wife. Look, I'm in a real, I'm in like a <laughs> blanket really <laughs> right now. So they, I'm not sure how long I waited to do this, but I found that when I really started using my personality, which for me is using humor, when I can use humor to create uh, a space in my room where kids know like that I'm being honest, that I'm being 
consistent. It's like it's a lot easier to be consistent and 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 handle things when you it's authentic to who you are. So like the don't smile till November thing never worked for me. The um, having a lot of rules up never worked for me. But what does work for me is doing funny stuff, right? So um, I'm trying to think of what some of those things look like. Uh, it's starting my classes in a silly way, right? So sometimes when I walk in, I'll tell the kids like, all right, uh, mutants, I need everybody in there. And then I always get, did you just call us mutants? Yep, I did, because then that got your attention and I'm able to start. Now, I don't suggest that everyone go in calling their students mutants, but it does help to think of like, what are you, uh, what, what are your kind of your strong suits? And then I really think that consistency is everything, right? Now, this goes both ways. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna take too long on this, but if you, man, I'm, look at this. I look like, I look like, I don't know, some kind of like homeless hippie. Um, uh, I think that being consistent is everything, but what you don't wanna do is be consistent on stuff that's not working. like. Um, I think Tony Robbins says like don't run east looking for a sunset like you want to be committed you want to be driven you want to be can like have those procedures really stick wait wife you're making it so distracting because I'm in this ridiculous tent and it, the, the, the this is all blowing around but I'm sorry it's all right we're good though you don't have to do it anymore we're like I'm, I'm feeling okay, feel cozy I might die of heat stroke now because I'm in this tent anyway consistency uh, I guess the bottom line is, is when you feel like there's a non-negotiable for you, make sure you handle it like it's a non-negotiable, like you don't bend on that thing ever. Um, now there's space for grace in class and stuff like that, but that, that's my other big thing. And for me, I'd say the other big thing is not putting kids on blast. I think I think teachers really get a kick out of this sometimes where they like yell at someone in front of the class, trying to embarrass them, try and make them feel bad. Like, you know, Mr. Anderson, like, why are you talking when I'm talking? Does this sound like a good idea to you? And it's like, no, dude, that's never a good move, man. Just say, Mr. Anderson, yo, can you step in the hallway real quick, man? And then when that kid steps in the hallway, say, hey, look, I don't know what happened, but this is what I'm noticing. And I'm wondering if I did anything to upset you or to make you feel like you can act this way in my class and then have that conversation. And then I just always tell kids, you know, it's kind of corny, but I say like, don't mistake in my kindness for weakness. I really care about you guys, but I'm not just gonna like take, take crap from kids. Like I'm here to like teach kids and you're kind of getting in the way of that right now, but I want you to succeed more than anything. And that conversation just- Any more questions, wife? I have um, Okay. Sheila Weston is saying I'm teaching an eighth grade religious ed class wow that sounds awesome that meets only once a week not uh not even that sometimes how can i still connect with them when they aren't together every day um and i'm not even their quote-unquote teacher uh i would say this i would how would i handle that is there space for you to meet them where they are, right? So maybe it's before school, maybe it's after school, maybe it's um, where, where like they're eating lunch, maybe it's like they're, they're in another program after school that you can just kind of share space. I think if you want kids to be comfortable around you, right? And I say this, I think this really works for teachers that are introverted also. If you're not comfortable like just going up and kicking it with a kid and like having a conversation, then 
put yourself into a space where you are feeling like you're seen. Like you're in the hallway, you're just saying goodbye to people when they leave, right? Even if you're introverted, like you can just stand out there and just say goodbye to people, hope you had a great day, whatever. Just being seen a lot helps people feel more comfortable. And so I think of it this way, when I was a kid and I go over someone's house, I always felt more comfortable with the mom. And it wasn't the personality of the mom, it was that the mom was always there. Every time I went to a friend's house, moms were always there in the neighborhood that I grew up in. Dads were not. So when dads were around, it was like, oh, I don't really know who you are. I feel like I gotta check myself. I gotta act differently. Um, so that's how I feel like I, I break through to kids a lot of times is like just being a presence, like fun in the hallway, saying what's up, talking to people, that kind of stuff. Uh, Kim Allard is saying, starting at a new school, setting up new intervention classes. Do you have any suggestions to help the kids settle in more quickly? My group of kids find school hard, disenfranchised from education. I would say, I, I would, I think getting kids, so l let me tell this story and maybe I, I don't know if I told this before. I'm going to tell it again anyway, because I think it's, I think it's a good story. Last year, no, a few years ago now, I had a student, showed up to school for the first day, had just moved to the neighborhood, and was very nervous. He was very quiet. I didn't notice that he was nervous though. His mom came in on back to school night and was crying in my classroom because she was so nervous for her son. They lived in the suburbs. He had never lived in the city before, moved to West Philadelphia um, for a number of reasons, and she was just very scared that he wasn't gonna make friends, that he wasn't gonna participate, he wasn't gonna tell his teachers, if he, was, if he was having a hard time. And I said, well, look, I want you to know that, like, rest assured, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with your son. I'm gonna make him know that he's seen, and I'll, I'll make sure that he has the best time he can in my class anyway. And then I'll even invite him to come and eat lunch with me and my students um, every day so that he feels like, like we'll get him some friends and stuff. And the mom assured me, she goes, she just laughed at me. She goes, oh no, you don't know my son. There's no way he's gonna talk to you or make friends. It's just gonna be, it's just, I have to just buckle down. It's gonna be a hard year. And no kidding, within two days, I knew everything about that kid. And not that I asked a whole bunch of questions. I just asked like some very simple stuff. Like what kind of movies do you like? Do you play music? Do you play sports? Like, what are you into? And then he just opened up. I knew everything about their family history, why they moved to Philadelphia, where they live now, what he liked about it, what he didn't like about it, who's, who he likes in class, who he doesn't like in class, what his favorite movies were, just by simply asking. And I think when you just start showing kids that you have a genuine interest in who they are um, and not just talking about school and grades and how important all of this is and, you know, you can't let your education slide, like, they already know all that stuff. They've already been they've already been approached in that way. You have to approach kids in a way sometimes that they're not used to, that they didn't see coming, and that shows that you genuinely care about them. And I think that's how you do that. So maybe just asking about like what movies people like, and then go watch that movie, and then come back and say, "Yo, bro, I watched Age of Ultron, and like I don't know about that ending." And then that gets people feeling comfortable, feeling like you care about what they care about, and it just wins every single time. Um, oh, wife's showing me another question. What do you got there? She's coming into my tent. <laughs> do not show me. All right, uh, I'm gonna pick this one while you're looking for one. No, someone said uh, that one in the orange. Caitlin Broda said, and then in the green. I did a grammar review game 
and two of my kids got into a legit fight over grammar. What even is going on is teaching like this always. <laughs> and then the green one, look, and then this one, they piggyback off each other. I All right, and the green one says, uh, that's Shame. Chris, Chris Lynn says, I have two kids physically fight on the first day of school. How, stop moving the phone, please. How do I help them re-enter the classroom community and get past the rough start? I'm worried about both of them. They've become uh, so angry. So I would say this, I'm gonna take all these classes. Um, uh, so kids fighting. One, I let kids know, like, so here's what you need to know first. If kids are fighting in your classroom over grammar, of course it's over grammar. It's over something stupid. It's just like, we drive through West Philly, there's always these folks, it's usually dudes that walk real slow in front of your car and they stare at you, like give you like this stare, like they're gonna cut you or something and make you wait. They make you slow your car down and make you stop. And to me, it's like, or there's this other fad. I, I don't know if this is in every city, it's definitely in Philadelphia where kids on bicycles do wheelies and ride down the street causing you to stop your car, causing you to wait for them to get out of the way and it's like this big weird thing that they do, right? To me, who cares, man? I, bro, I got all the time in the world. I'm not hurrying to get anywhere. You walk slow in front of my car if you want to. And what I think that shows people is that, you know, what that shows me is that even as adults, not all of us know how to handle our pain. We don't know how to handle the fact that like, mom is mom and dad don't get along that we might move again that we you know that we don't have heat or the power got turned off or i couldn't hand in my homework because i didn't have internet but i'm embarrassed to tell the teacher that we don't have enough food that your kids literally can show up to school having not eaten anything that day and all they get is that crappy school lunch and so you know when you don't know how to handle that stress that pain you know and look as adults we don't always know right that's why people like take drugs because they're trying to dull something that's why we people drink all the time um, that's why we just watch TV and we have like you just uh, eat crappy food because it comforts you right you found a way as an adult not always a healthy way but a way to deal with your pain and as children kids just don't know how to deal with that pain all the time and for boys especially violence is usually the only acceptable way to deal with that right there's not a whole lot of acceptable emotions for boys and I, I just am thinking this because I teach boys um, but this isn't exclusive to boys but like it's about helping kids figure out what's wrong how are they feeling and how can they better use that energy the next time right like um, and so I just think that that's a, a good move and then letting kids know that you will never ever give up on them no matter what so want to fight in my class all right come back in the next day like are we done? Are we good? Like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what we can do for the next time. But then we're just like, this is a safe space and we're going to get there. It's going to be one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. It will be all right and you will get there because guess what? This is the last point I'm going to make on this particular question. But um, you, so what should you do for them in the upcoming week? I would say pull them aside and indiv have individual talks to them. And then once you find out what's going on with them individually, um, it makes what they're doing a little bit more understandable. When you can learn someone's story, you can help them walk through it a little bit more. And so that's what I would do is I would sit down with them and try and find out a bit about their story. And then if you feel like it's a good move, 
maybe with some other teachers involved, like sit down with these kids and say, look, this is how important you are to us, that like we're willing to sit down here with you, give up our lunch, give up our prep, stay after school, whatever it is, and just sit with you to try and figure out the best way around this because we want you to succeed and there's no chance you're succeeding if you're fighting in class. And it makes it an unsafe environment for everyone else. And I, and I just tell them like, I'm old, I can't break up fights. Come on, man, I'm 41. I'm already the oldest dude in my school. Um, you're gonna break me. What do you got there? You're doing a great job. Thanks. Rebecca Waltz is asking, how do I get the school on board with supporting your program, the arts program in particular? Uh, I think, first of all, Rebecca, I would get as many kids interested. It's like, iron all out. Don't make the school, have an answer for all of their questions. What days are you gonna have it on? How much is it gonna cost them? What kids are involved? What kids can be, like, how do kids get uninvolved? Like, if they're not, um, if they're not, like if their grades are poor they get moved out or whatever it is like schools have a lot of rules like that and stuff like that um and then where are you going to practice do we have to spend extra money like setting up a space for you so iron all that stuff out when i wanted to start traveling abroad i knew what days i was going on i knew exactly how it was going to run i knew exactly where we were going i knew how much the kids were going to have to raise, how we could possibly help kids raise money. I knew the answers to every single question so that when I went in, the principal didn't have to send me away to go learn something or figure something out or call the company that we were using. I knew everything already. If you're just tuning in, by the way, I'm on the beach and it is extremely windy, but I try to squeeze in one extra beach day before school goes back tomorrow for my kids. And now I'm in this uh, house of towels so that you can actually hear me and it's not super windy. There's the beach. Ocean City, New Jersey. Um, got a question for me? Top one. Top one, Amanda teaches is saying, hey Reynolds, any ideas where to get curriculum for a class called Life After High School? I'm teaching it once a week after school, hoping to find good curriculum focusing on adults and life skills. Uh, I don't know. How would we do this? Amanda, can you email me that question? Because I, I have some folks I can connect you with and I have, um, some ideas but in short i would say this so you can email me at my emails on under all of my videos real rap with the reynolds at gmail.com and if anyone else has questions you can email me also but i would say i would reach out to both um maybe business organizations or professionals in the neighborhood in which you teach ask if you can take a quick trip there it doesn't have to be all day it could be like an hour 30 minutes 45 minutes whatever and spend time like with people that are after that are outside of school then maybe try and find cool folks i try to find cool people on instagram all the time and to search different hashtags or i search the area in which i live which you can do also and see what people are doing see if they're doing something cool maybe someone owns um like a bakery and they started it themselves maybe they blow glass maybe they are a woodworker or an entrepreneur and then see if they'd be willing to come to your class and speak and I think that could be really fun like uh, I've had a lot of success with that like having someone come in once a week talk to your kids and then it's not you're just not like the talking head in the front of the room but that's what I would do so but shoot me an email and I have people that teach something similar to that in my school and I could probably connect you with some resources that way Top one again. my girl Tracy Pinter um, ways to keep staff morale up during the school year I so I for me, it's being silly, right? It's just a couple of things. One, I think um, I, this term is so goofy, but breaking bread with people. I think when you share a meal with someone, when you share time outside of the classroom, 
it makes inside of the classroom time better uh, or inside of school time better because you connect on a different level with folks when you've met their kids, when you've been to their house, when you've met their wife or husband. Um, it just changes things. And the other way is I like just doing silly stuff. I have any number of goofy things where like sometimes I glue hot glue because hot glue comes up um, coins to the floor in the hallway and watch children trying to pick them up and then I laugh at them. I have a stuffed mouse that I tie to a piece of fishing line. I pull it down the hallway and kids get scared because they think it's a real mouse. I have um, a fake dollar with my face on it that I put at the end of a fishing rod and I hold it up in the air and it makes kids jump and try and get it after school. I blow bubbles in the hallway. I take my picture and I put it in unsuspecting places in the building um, like in frames that used to hold your your family photos. Now I have a picture of Reynolds there. Uh, I have taped everything down to people's desks. What I try and do is like goofy stuff that just breaks the monotony of the day or just makes you smile. Sometimes if I'm at ShopRite or like some local food store and they have flowers on sale for like four bucks, I'll just grab some flowers, throw them in water and put them on someone's desk. Sometimes I'll write cards for people. Five a night, I can just write real quick thank you cards and send, like put those on someone's desk and just say, hey man, I think you're wonderful and I just want you to know that you're doing great stuff and, I, and then be specific. I noticed how you were talking to so-and-so after class the other day and it really encouraged me um, that I work with such caring people. Or, you know, when you're going into school and you stop by somewhere to get coffee, like pick up one extra coffee. Like you don't even have to know who you're gonna give it to, but go in and when there's always, you know when as a teacher, you walk in the building with some coffee, someone always goes, oh, is that for me? You can go, yeah, actually it is. Would you like it? And then that, those little things, help. I read something somewhere recently, I think it was Simon Sinek said something to the effect of like, it's not the big occasions. It's not the school, like post-graduation party, the Christmas party, the foosball tournament or whatever. It's all the little things. So like, especially with admin, if admin can find those little things, walking around, saying hello to people, caring for people, then though that's the stuff that makes the biggest difference not these like kind of like big efforts it'd be like if the only time you told your spouse that you love them was on valentine's day and their birthday or something like that it's not enough then you're gonna not have that spouse for very long so i think the same works with morale with teachers in school next question wife she's outside the tent there top one uh top one ashley johnson oh no yeah. wait oh my girl niani no oh it moves Hold on. All right, we're getting there. And again, uh, you look like you might be at the feature outdoors somewhere. Where are you filming from? I'm in Ocean City, New Jersey, and I'm currently in, I'm in a seat, but I am surrounded by blankets because it's super windy and we had no idea it was gonna be this windy today. Narum or something? Uh, it hold one. it still. Narum96 is saying, hey, your channel's a new find for me and I love it going into my second full week of secondary music and I've got major anxiety about it. Any ex experience with this and what do you tend to do? So I have anxiety all the time. Like I still get anxious about the beginning of the school year because every year I feel like they're gonna figure me out. They're gonna figure out that I'm a fraud and that I just can't do it. Um, so I think going in, so here's what I would do. One, go into school and help it, help someone else. Find somebody else. You don't even have to be someone that's having a bad day. Just do something nice for another teacher, right? Um, sometimes I'll have my classes like take five minutes in the beginning and say, hey, who's someone that helped you start your right, your off right? 
write it on the index card, write their name on there, write who you are at the bottom, and then go hand those index cards out at the end of class or join your prep or something like that. Doing kind things for others makes you feel like you are in, in power. You can now feel like you, can, you have something to share instead of just being scared all the time. I think the other thing is um, finding, like when you go into school, we have a tendency to just focus on kids that are uh, a problem, that are like a behavioral issue or something like that. But find that kid that looks scared, that looks lost, that can't open their locker, that wants to give it their all but they just don't know how, or they feel, they look just, they just look like they are nervous to be in school, and that's where you start. What you're looking for are moments where you are not powerless you're actually powerful and you're far more powerful than you realize as a teacher. You have the ability to make someone's day in a moment just by saying what's up, just by saying I see you, just by cutting out paper eyeballs is one of my tricks, cut out paper eyeballs and then I tape them to kids and I go, I got an eye on you. And it just helps. It's like stupid and ridiculous, but it lets kids know without being too mushy sometimes like that, hey man, I care about you and I see you there. We're good, wife. What do we got? Oh, it keeps. Uh, someone asked. I can't find the question. Okay. About advice on uh, LGBTQ and um, transgender students. All right. So the question is, I don't know what your name was. I'm sorry. The the question popped past. But the question is, like, sort of like working with LGBTQ students or students that are transgender. I'm at an all boys school. Um, the the population for that particular group is like uh very concentrated and i mean there there are kids that like have not really like come out every once in a while you know some you know more about kids than they know about themselves sometimes ben stokely oh ben stokely is asking this so ben i my room's a safe space for everyone so let me let me tell you this quick story last year i'm in my room at the end of the day and uh, some of my homies come in and they are all from the LGBTQ community. Man, that's such a long thing to say. Give me a shorter word. I'm gonna figure that out. I'm gonna institute something. It's just, it doesn't flow off the tongue real easy, right? So I'm saying that um, I have like a, a space where kids come in and like, when I'm not in, the, when I'm making copies, like I'll often come back in my room and there's like a dance party. Um, it's usually Lady Gaga playing and very loud and there's people dancing around. Last year, a student came in, wanted to show me, um, so he dresses uh, different outside of school. Like, um, so I don't know how, I don't, I don't know, I'm not good with terminology. This is what the deal is. So he likes wearing dresses, he wears makeup, he wears wigs. Um, and so he comes in and he got a new wig and he goes, Reynolds, you got to see this wig. All right, man, go for it. Uh, and so he shows it to me and then another dude walks in the room and there's a bunch of us in there, but this other kid walks in and he goes, yo Reynolds, uh, what's going on in here? Totally weirded out about it. Like this is not his jam and this is not what he's used to. And so I just turned to him and I said, well, what else would you expect in my room? You know that everybody's welcome in my room and that it's a safe space for everybody. And he goes, all right, true, true, and then walks out of my room. And so that's it. My, you make your room a space, um, or if you don't have a classroom, your office or your hallway or your little nook that you find somewhere, or just wherever you are, is a safe space for kids to be who they are because they might not have anywhere else around to be that. 
um, and I saw somebody else had a, a comment real quick that popped up on my phone, uh, that there are um, stickers also that you can get, you can put on your wall, or I have like a big, I have a f all these fists on my wall, and like one of them's rainbow, one of them's like, and there's different shades of brown, and uh, like Caucasian, and so like this kind of multicultural mural that I have on my wall, just to kind of remind kids that like, this is what I'm, I'm about, I'm about you. I'm not about, I don't care who you are, or what you're into, or what your jam is. I'm about you, and that's really what I want to convey to kids. You got another one for me, dude? Keith Parker. Uh, Keith Parker is asking, first year reading teacher in middle school for sixth grade. My first open house is tomorrow night. Any suggestions? Keith Parker, I would say, first of all, expect everyone to be late, because they always are, because they can't find your room, or they you know, had to drop their kid off somewhere, or something like that. So what I would do is, I have a PowerPoint slide and with my contact information on the front end and then my contact information on the last slide also. This year I'm going to make a video for my class of like, here's what you can expect, here's what your, your kids will be doing in class, this is what it looks like, that kind of stuff. Um, but if you just want to make a PowerPoint, something nice, something that looks like uh, comforting, like, and then I would just, I use real quick like slides about me. This is where I went to college. This is how long I've been teaching. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm excited about for the year. And then I have slides like, um, this is what you can expect for your kid for the year. This is what homework looks like. This is what books we'll be reading. This is what you need to buy for your kid. Um, and what I want to do is get parents excited that their kid is in my class. I want parents to leave thinking, I wish I had this class when I was in high school or middle school. I wish I had this teacher when I was in grade school. Like, that's what your job should be is to get parents stoked. There are going to be a ton of teachers that talk like this, that aren't really that excited about it. Look, going to have a lot of homework this year. All right, kids are just going to have to get used to it. No, be like, man, they're going to have a lot of homework, but it's going to, we're going to be learning a ton and it's going to be awesome. And we're really going to bring their levels up. And I'm excited about this year. It's going to be so fun. Here's some stuff that I have planned for the year so that we can have a great time, that's what I would plan on. Um, and then don't don't rush parents out. Tell them like, hey, at the end of the night, if you have any questions, come back to my classroom. If you have questions about anything, how the school works, where the bus picks you up, like this is a safe space for you too to come back and answer and ask those questions. You got another one for me, buddy? Top one. Top one. Matthew Rias is saying, hey Reynolds, I teach at a private bilingual school in Bogota? I don't know where that is, but Bogota? Uh, <laughs> Bogota. How can I differentiate for kids without them feeling self-conscious? Uh, I would, so look, that could take some time. It's not gonna be something you're gonna be able to do from the jump. You do that by paying attention. Are you laughing at me saying Bogota? Bogota? Welcome to Fancy Bogota. Could you please take a picture of this and we put it on Instagram? I feel insane in this thing. I feel like we should be illegally like smoking pot in a tent, like with, at, we're, we're, I feel like we're at Burning Man. Um, so I would say, look out for what kids' strengths are. Do they argue well? Do they counter argue well? Do they draw well? Do they create video content well? Do they like computers? Do they like working in groups, not like working in groups? Do they, um, you know, a lot of times we use Play-Doh in my class to create uh, little figures of the characters that we're reading about. So like, is that what you want to do? Like, what are you looking to do to, um, to, to, to like, 
what can how can you differentiate it on the front end so you can note kids strengths and then that's going to be what makes them feel great you might have a kid that doesn't like homework that doesn't like to read in your class that doesn't like anything but he's really good at video editing or he's really good at video games and if you can figure out a way to like implement that into your classroom are my children sneaking up behind me no but but lean up Oh, you can't. Never mind. You're really doing a number. Sorry, I'm me. trying to be helpful. No, it looks great in here. Well, I feel like I look like I told you I look like I'm at Burning Man. Um, so that's what I would do to to differentiate. Like, and don't, and you know, or put them in small groups with other kids. Like one really strong reader, one sort of in the middle kid, and then one kid that really struggles. Um, and then have them do do that. You got another question for me, buddy? Oh, yeah. Pause. I lost it. All right. Wife's looking up another question. If I see one pop up on the screen real quick, I'll do it. When you're recording this on your phone, like the questions pop up for like a hot second and then they disappear. Um, no, well, it's because I'm doing so many other things. This lighting's making me look old. You have to fix that. You need to look rejuvenated. Uh, so as my wife's fixing that, um, start school tomorrow morning, eight o'clock in the morning, eight to four on the first day. It's a little, a little long there, but and, top one. Yeah. All right. Stop, hold it still a little bit. Annie V is asking, have you ever second guessed being a teacher? If you weren't an educator, what other field would you pursue? Annie, I second guess teaching every year. There's always something that happens with a parent, with a student, with some incident that makes me go, why am I doing this? Why do I work so hard? What in the world am I, am I putting myself through all of this heartache for? Um, it happens every year. So. You know, before I answer your your other question, it's like the the way that you handle that is reminding yourself of why you got into it, and then and then rigging the game to win, figuring out a very small win that you can go into school the next day and do something. One kid you can help with one thing. You're gonna better yourself on like getting your homework on the board before class or you're going to make sure that your room stays neat in between classes or you're going to greet every single kid no matter what at the door for the whole day um and then that's how you make those little mini wins build momentum and then once you build momentum you just feel like you can take on the whole world i think if i wasn't a teacher i would do counseling with children um and yeah, I think that would be my jam because I really, really like talking to kids. I really like helping them to figure out who they are and how they work and that they matter. And I think that that would be the other thing. You know, growing up, I wanted to be uh, a drummer, a priest, and a clown. And so teaching has kind of given me the ability to do all that. Did you just curse? I did. You just said the F word on the live feed. We're going to get demonetized now. No, we're not. All right. <laughs> Rich Warner. Uh, Rich Warner is asking Reynolds. So my wife is feeding me questions through the tent here. Reynolds, first year, third grade teacher. I have four kids that continuously act up and ruin every activity for all the other students. Um, <laughs> I like, Rich didn't ask a question. He just assumed I knew the question and or just wanted to report into the fact that his kids were acting up. Um, Rich. Here's a couple of things, and without knowing those students, I can't tell you exactly what to do, but here's a couple of things I would do. One, um, pull them aside. Let them, talk to them individually. Look, this isn't how we're gonna roll all year. Like, there's not a chance that this is gonna work. Um, so let's figure out a plan for you that actually works. Like, is there, do you wanna sit somewhere special? Do you need a chance to move around? Do you need frequent breaks? Do you need 
um, like, what is it that I can help you with? See, like, you could go into it and just put your foot down and be like, all right, this is never gonna happen. But we already know that's not gonna work. That doesn't work for every kid. Letting kids know that they have some power and that you can try to help them out, that's what you're going to, that's how you're really going to help them. Um, maybe give certain kids jobs. I had a kid years ago who, this kid Emilio, when I was teaching in Camden, um, that had like, ADHD and was like not medicated and was all over the place and he was a great dude but he just could not keep it together and how should I expect him to so I gave him access to a drawer in my in my desk and it was a side drawer and it was extremely well organized and was even labeled like scissors go where scissors say they go staples and paper clips and all that stuff his job was like essentially like my administrative assistant who he stapled stuff, but he had to staple it the right way. Don't staple some crazy stuff like in the middle of the freaking paper. You got to staple on an angle and just like this. And I showed him and we worked through it. Um, and so we did, he was in charge of a lot of stuff, but if he screwed around, he wasn't in charge of anything. He lost his job for the day. And so that gives kids power sometimes. It gives them something to do. It gives them, a, a, like, they're getting noticed because that's usually what they want. They want you to pay attention to them. And so when you can pay attention to them in a positive way and then reinforce that behavior by saying, hey, man, you're doing a great job. Hey, when you're my helper, you also get candy. There's candy in the drawer. You get snacks or whatever it is. So they're getting that help. And then that allows you to really double down on the help and the care for the other students that are not being a behavioral issue. So there's those kids are still winning. They're not like, you know, uh, you're not like celebrating poor behavior, but you're like kind of giving those kids something to do so you can double down on the other dudes that need it. What do you got there, buddy? Top one. David Taylor says, does New Jersey require a master's degree to teach secondary uh, education? No, they do not. Uh, wait, 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 oh. it's not it. Uh, I've heard from a couple of people that schools are increasingly looking for bachelor applicants anymore. Um, so that depends on where you're willing to teach. I don't have a master's degree. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree. I went to community college. And so um, I just, I, I know like if you're willing, it depends on where you're willing to teach. If you want to teach in like a really nice school, that might be required. But if you're willing to like teach in the inner city, you know, they're sometimes just looking for a pulse. What do you got, bud? Wife's looking for a question right now. It's getting warm in here. It's getting warm in my little tent. We're at the beach if you're just tuning in and this is what it looks like. I think that's a question. I didn't read the whole thing. Um, um Alex? Top. Alex McIntosh is saying oh at the top? Yeah. Oh, uh hold on. Stay still. Shauna, I'll get to you in a second, Alex. I don't um know. Shauna is, oh wait, no, 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 that's somebody else answering something else. Yeah, Alex McIntosh saying, any advice for kids that get into serious arguments and ignore everything else in the room so the class sits watching the argument until the kid runs out of steam because they won't stop shouting? So sometimes I just pay attention also. I'll just stop and go, wow, this is fascinating. Like, I didn't realize you had so much to say or, um, or really listen to what they're saying and like argue back or go, do you even know how to argue? That's not how you argue. Listen, watch, this is how you do it. And then break it down for them and show them how to like master an argument um, or, or something along those lines or hold them after class and just have a conversation like, hey, what gets you so worked up? Like, why are you like, you know, kids always like to say that they don't care what anyone else thinks, but 
when you see kids doing that stuff, they truly care what other people think. So just stopping them and saying, what is it that gets you so riled up and what can we do to help you from feeling that way? Like, like you're important and I want your voice to be heard, but like, you gotta find a more effective way of doing it. Like, you could eat by shoving food in your mouth and just swallowing it down, but it's not a real effective way of doing it, right? Like, let's figure out a better way for you to communicate. It's, I'm telling you, like, just having those simple conversations with students sometimes really, really wins the day. What do you got, dude? Tanya. Uh, Tanya Hobson Begraft is saying, uh, I can already tell this year is going to be a challenge. Any advice for maintaining positivity for myself? Yes. So Tanya, I would say one, schedule time for yourself. Whether it's a manicure, a pedicure, a massage, friend, night out with your friends, going out for dinner, going to the movies, and then buy it or book it or plan it ahead of time so you don't have an out. So if you're gonna go for a massage at the second week of every month or whatever, uh, as if teachers have money for that stuff, but like, um, make sure you plan it ahead of time so that you have it. Doing kind things, loving yourself, because and not waiting for other people to love you is one of the best ways to kind of like um, self-soothe what you're, what you're doing. And then try and like make life better for other people, not just for yourself. Like it's it's easy to kind of get wrapped up in what's going on in our classroom, but you know sometimes you can have fresh eyes for somebody else's problem. Just stop in on the people's classes. Hey, how's your year going? And people will tell you like. It's not like I'm this one kid's driving me nuts or I'm having a real big problem with this parent. You can maybe offer, you know, a solution. Maybe you can just offer a, like a, a shoulder to cry on or for someone like that's just gonna listen to somebody else's issues without like being judgmental. Like those kind of things always, always win. Um, and then I think teaming up with other teachers and creating like a support group within your school so that you don't just have people to complain about things with, but people to plan with, work things out, help one another out. Having that support system is, is so important. I can't even stress enough, even if it's just one other person. Um, and then you have like your little cohort that you can take your issues to so you don't feel alone uh, in the room and like no one else is around for you. Katie, Top one? Katie Hewell. Katie Hewell is asking, I'm going into my second and last student teaching semester. I'm non-traditional student, wife and mom of three kiddos. Awesome. Any suggestions for keeping a good balance between home and school? Uh, I would say, so here's, here's what I do. One, you always have to pivot. Some weeks you're gonna be heavy on school and then don't beat yourself up. Just change gears and go heavy on family time um, the next week or that weekend or whatever it is. I also let my kids know, like my actual offspring, when, because my son will often say like, you work too much, you're doing too much on YouTube, you are, you never spend time with me, we never do anything together, we used to go do all this stuff and now we don't do it anymore. And so when I'm doing stuff for him, and sometimes he's true and it's true and I have to pivot, and other times it's, I do a lot with him, but he doesn't remember. So I have to be intentional and not put it in his face, but I kind of put it like, hey look, are you noted like I just want you to note that like we're hanging out right now I'm having a really great time this is really special for me and I love you and noting those times and then that's important for you to do also so when you feel like you're not hanging out with your kids or not giving school enough time like noting the times that you're doing it and then when you're doing it don't multitask only like Ron Swanson always said never half-ass anything whole-ass everything and so you are 
whole assing stuff. Like if you're with your kids, don't be half planning, don't be thinking about school. Try and shut that off as best as possible. When you're doing school stuff, don't be like trying to do other stuff. Like set a time amount that you have an hour or two hours to plan or whatever you're doing, and then that's it. Cut it off after that, and that will help you balance out your day a bit more. Yes, love, what do you got? Waiting for my next question to come from the hand on the side. And there it is. Man, you're the not so secret wife even when I'm this is your this is your jam. This is your setup. Uh, RH is asking, could you tell me how to make small groups um, cooperational learning? So you have a couple of options. One, I'm good, babe. One, you could have the kids pick, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, because sometimes kids want to just pick their friends, and then you have kids that get excluded, and then friends don't work because they just talk the whole time until you walk over to them, and then they act like, oh, we were all doing work, Mr. Elms, uh, we were just talking about Sophocles. And it's like, we're not even reading Sophocles, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I like picking groups for the kids because it allows you to put someone in the group that's a strong student, someone who's in the middle, and someone who is um, struggling, right? Or personality types, like someone that is uh, really kind and is going to help their, their group mates out, um, along with someone that really is shy and feels awkward about school in a lot of ways. So I think um, they... So I think that's kind of my go-to way. And if someone doesn't like being in a group with someone, let them know that they're doing you a favor. Like, bro, you gotta do me a favor. I think it'd be really helpful to have this kid in your group. I know that he doesn't work all the time. I know that he is um, a tricky person to be around, but I know that you're a really powerful individual and you have really great charisma and you make people feel like safe or you can get them to work that's what I need in this dude's life. And then that, whenever you can empower people, they're far more willing to do what you ask because they're not feeling like they're helpless and that they just got stuck in a group with someone that sucks. It's like, no bro, I put you in this for a reason because you're awesome and I need your awesomeness right now. And then kids will do whatever you want when you ask, when you put things that way. What do you got? Boy for life? Uh, it's a little bit in the towel. Ashley Johnson is asking, how do you run a Socratic seminar? I know all about them, but um, uh, but it's my first year and I have to do it all by myself. I don't, I don't really do Socratic seminars, but here's what I'm gonna ask Ashley Johnson. Shoot me an email. My friend Kate does them all the time. Not Kate the sleepy teacher, my friend Kate at school is always doing Socratic seminars. I'm always hearing great things about them. So I could tell you the way I do something okay or i could hook you up with someone or get information from someone that crushes it and i will see her tomorrow and if you email me um i'll send you whatever i can from her and then you'll be on your way and you can just crush it the next time you're in school what have we got here amy russell, amy russell is asked hey amy russell i know you how do you organize mapping out a semester for multiple preps i've listed uh chapters and standards for each but i'm not sure about pacing some subjects do not have a textbook to reference. So I use my whiteboard first of all and I write everything out. I kind of like brain map it out. Um, I don't like anything to last longer than five weeks. So that's typically, I try and figure out how to make it work in five weeks. Here's the thing, Amy, you can, any lesson could take forever. Like I love Lord of the Flies. I could teach Lord of the Flies for probably five months if I could. Um, even though it's not even a long book. I just love it that much. I think it's so dense with ideas 
and with and it makes me think of a lot of cool stuff to talk about and to do and projects and stuff um but i have to limit myself and i think when you put the limit on yourself i think it's oh i forget whose theory this is but there's a theory that says a um a task takes as much time as you give it and so if you put those time restrictions on yourself, then I would reverse engineer and say, I have five weeks to do this or four weeks to do this. It can be totally arbitrary, whatever you feel comfortable with. But I feel like five weeks, everyone starts losing interest. Even if we're reading something awesome or doing something awesome, after five weeks, it starts to be a drag. Put that time constraint on yourself and then work backwards. Like how much do we have to read? How much do we have to get through in those five weeks and then break it down in that way? That's how I do it. Uh, what do you got, love? Top one. Any advice for teacher that's not a first year teacher but is new to a district? Um, Jacob, I would say if you I hear my son screaming down the beach, um, I would say if you're just new to a district, um, let's see. So here's my mistake that I made. I went from Camden, New Jersey, where I felt in a number of ways, probably. I probably didn't deserve to feel like a rock star, but I kind of felt like a rock star when I was leaving because I had a really great year my last year in Camden. Um, I won Teacher of the Year, which they then took away from me because I left the school. And so that's that was a fun journey in my life. Uh, and then I moved to another school and I went in feeling like a rock star and I did not get treated like one. I got treated like I was like, like the students were like, who are you? I don't even know, like, why do I care that you're even here? So I would say go and humble, find out the way that the school does things, um, find people that you can connect with that are doing awesome stuff because finding your tribe will always empower you. Like I think that who you surround yourself with um, largely impacts the work that you do. And so I read a story the other day that talked about how oftentimes Marines, the, the best they'll ever be in their life is when they're a Marine, that they lack that sort of like grit a lot of times when they get, and I'm not trying to talk down about anyone in the military, and this isn't me, I didn't come up with this, I just read this story. And uh, when the, uh, some someone in charge of the Marines was asked about this, they said um, that the reason that Marines are so great when they're Marines is that they are a direct reflection of their peer group. They have people that are pushing them, people that, that are doing awesome stuff and that are pushing them to do awesome stuff. People that are doing their greatest and their best and putting their all into everything. And when they can be, when you can be around people that are doing that, it makes you better at what you're doing. And when you put yourself around people that like just want to smoke weed in their mom's basement all day, but they call it their apartment and they own a ferret and they have a knife collection, um, then that's what you end up like. That's kind of your mirror. Um, so figuring out who your peer group's gonna be is gonna be huge and then just letting them know like you find someone awesome like hey look you seem awesome would you mind if I hung out with you like because I'm trying to surround myself with the right people so I can be the best and give the most value this year and who's gonna say no to that man who wants who's gonna say no to a compliment first of all and second to someone that wants to just be awesome we got love a wife for life there's her hand, uh, is asking, so Sheelan Weston is asking another question. I'm only 20, and as I have said, I'm teaching eighth graders. How can I earn respect without looking desperate or weird since I look like I could be an eighth grade too? All right, uh, I, that's a great question. Um, I would say that you ask kids about, so first of all, you're old. 
like you, those kids are not going to look at you like you are just about their age. You are old as could be. And if you remember, like, you'll see, you'll see this when you're my age. Um, and I know I'm an old guy now saying that, but like, when I go out with friends from school, I'm 41, I'm the oldest teacher in my school. Most of my peer group at my school are between 25 and 30. And I know when we go out to dinner, I'm the old dude. I already know it, right? But, and I know that because when I remember when I was their age, I thought 41 was like on the verge of death. Like, man, you better, like, your life is pretty much over. Um, you're gonna die any second. Um, so keep in mind that you're not as, you, you feel closer to their age. Cause when I go out with young people, I feel like we're just about the same, like we're doing the same stuff, we're the same age, right? Um, so that's good to keep in mind. I think the other thing is to just make sure, I, th I think the danger there is that um, if you or the kids start feeling like your friends, remember that you're, you're their mentor and not their friend. And that, you know, the danger, the reason that becomes dangerous is because kids are going to, if you try and reprimand someone or hold them accountable for something, kids will often say things like, uh, they, uh, like, I thought we were cool. I thought, I thought, like, how could you do that to me? And my answer is always, bro, because I care about you more than you're caring about yourself right now. Like you becoming the best human being you can be is my number one priority and I don't care about anything else. I'll call home if I have to, I'll do anything I have to do to help you to be the best that you can be. And just letting kids know that, like you're not gonna, that's a total adult thing to say too. So you won't have to, you won't deal with any issues of that if you come at it that way. What do you got, buddy? Uh, CKK221, Chick221. Um, any advice for pre-service teachers who want to work in urban low-income schools, what if you, what do you wish you had known to expect? Um, I think the first thing I would want is something I said in a video that I put out this morning, which is do not expect that those kids are waiting for you. Do not expect that they've been longing for you their whole lives and that if they just had the right teacher that they would finally like uh, be something in life. Um, because no kid is ever waiting for a teacher. I mean, like maybe there's one weird kid that likes school that's waiting for a teacher. But I think when you go in expecting like you're going to be a savior, uh, like and and I don't mean that in like a like you can be totally earnest and try and like go in there because you watch Dangerous Minds or Freedom Writers a lot of time and that you want to be that teacher. Just go in trying to meet kids where they are, and then that's it. And then you can figure out a way to bring them up. Um, and don't try to ever be cool, right? Like I haven't been cool since I graduated high school in 1980, 1995, not in 1985, who am I, Darren? Um, and so you, when you don't try to be cool, but you're not afraid to not be cool, to be a dork, um, like you, that gives you total freedom. Like you're not afraid to be who you are or to do wacky stuff for kids or try new things like, just that that's it I think also is like just not being afraid to fail and just practice practice that practice failing and practice owning your mistakes and then you will crush that's the, that's the roadway to success what do you got buddy we're at 54 minutes here just so you know I know Shauna Malia is saying advice on addressing low-key bullying between students like I know what's going on but it's never overt enough for me to squash it right there then and there I would say Shauna um, man, that's such a good question. Um, 
I I made a video about bullying. Um, it's my bullying story on how kind of I deal with that stuff in class. So you could look at that. And then I think, I think first, any type of bullying is the thing that I put my foot down about the most in school. Like I just do not tolerate it. I cannot stand bullying. Um, so it, I think it's both meeting with the person that's bullying and the person that's being bullied individually and just asking questions, not putting them on blast, not telling them what they're doing is wrong or how they should handle it. Like just ignore them or toughen up or like, let's call your mom. Like, but things like, how does this make you feel? Why would, why are you saying things like that? Like, do you realize that what you're saying is hurtful, that it could deeply impact someone else, but you're, because, but that's because you're powerful. But you could also use that power to uplift someone, to make them have a great day. Like, so for instance, um, I've had kids every year, there's someone, some large student, right, that's like overweight, and there'll be someone else that calls them like a fat ass or comes at them or like teases them about how they're gonna break a chair or something. And so I always pull the kid aside that's saying that stuff and I say, number one, we don't do cheap jokes in my class. I don't mind if you make fun of people, um, but like, we have to figure out a better way to do it. Like those are cheap shots. And also, don't you think that kids knows that? Don't you think they already have, like there's a potential anyway, I don't, I don't wanna like put thoughts or put like words in the kids' mouths or something like that. But like, you know, a lot of times when kids have some like glaring difference where they don't just blend in with the rest of the kids, um, they know that already. It's already a point of, 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 it's like a soft space for them. And so, but you could like, like uplift them also. You could help that kid feel better. But what is it that's going on in your life that makes you feel hurt that you have to tear someone down? And like, you don't have the guts to raise someone up. Cause if you were really strong, if you really want to show how powerful you were, you would lift people up. Cause it's a hell of a lot harder to lift people up than it is to just shoot them down all the time. And then also, you need to know that that can't happen in my classroom. I'll 100% sh shut it down and I'll ask you to leave the class. We'll have to go to the principal, we'll have to handle it, we'll have to go to the council, we'll have to figure something out because I just can't have you making my classroom a safe space. This is my classroom, it's not our classroom, and you're my guest, but so is he, and I need to make it the, the best place I can possibly make it for that child. And then the other kid, I would work on empowering them, like the kid that is getting bullied, like. How does that make you feel? Like, I need you to know that when that happens, I know it's happening and I 100% have your back. That I would never turn my back on you, that I would never let it happen. So if there's a, if there's something going on or if you need my help, you can let me know in the low and I'll handle it and no one will ever, ever find out that you told me about it. Cause that's what kids need to know too. My guys are real big on snitches and so they cannot snitch on people. And so, but if you can find out from someone on the low, then you can help the situation. Um, and then that, that's how I would start with that. And then maybe like reach out to other teachers is my last quick bit of advice and see if that kind of thing is happening in other classes and, or let them know that's happening so they can keep an eye out for it also. All right, two more and that's it. Two more? Got okay. it. Kimberly Wolbeck. Kimberly Wolbeck is saying, how do you deal with unnecessary drama among faculty? I just, look, I, I think that's such a good question because it happens all the time. I think people get bored. I think people get bored and they love commiserating together and there's not much you can do about it. I try to be a wildly positive 
influence on the staff, right? And people just know, like, dude, I'm not, I'm not even talking about that. I got too much nonsense going on in my life. Like, um, or I just laugh at it, like, oh yeah, I heard about that too. Like, it's like that sucks that they're just in that place. I'd, I'd rather come to school and like be excited. And then surround yourself with people that aren't interested in drama. That should be your core group. And then just stay away from those other individuals. Like, I, you know, as hard as that is to say sometimes, like, I just don't bang with people that I know we're gonna do that. If I walk, like, I don't eat lunch in the faculty lounge, not because people talk trash, but mostly because I wanna eat with my students, but also like, um, where can you be in a space that is surrounded by good people? Like, maybe you eat with other people in their rooms. Maybe you, you cultivate like a positive, atmosphere like find that person that like is complaining about something that bitched about their their <clears throat> pay getting cut or they have too many classes and write them a nice card bring them some flowers one day do something nice for them say hey I, heard, I overheard you the other day and it sounded like you were having a really hard time I just wanted to like shower you with like a little bit of kindness and like I hope that your week goes better and it lets people feel heard and sometimes that really helps what do you got buddy oh, you lost it all right oh no I got it She's got it. Man, this is looking more and more ridiculous as we go. Evan? Evan Marshall is saying, hey Reynolds, future Spanish teacher here. Does your school teach any foreign languages besides Latin? We do not. We are all Latin all the time and the kids hate it and it's weird, um, but that's what we teach. Uh, so listen, if I didn't get to your question before you leave, please know this. Please shoot me an email at realrapwithbellreynolds at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to answer your question. I get a lot of emails these days. It takes me a long time sometimes to get back to people, like a week or two or more. No, um, we're working on getting better. We're I'm getting working better. on getting better. I have a system in place. So please send those emails to me, and I'd be more than happy to help you out with anything that I can. Because um, I want... I, here's what you need to know. I'm here for you. I have this channel. I've started it for you. You're the person that's watching this right now that I maybe have never met in my whole life because um, I want you to be empowered. I want you to go to school this year and I want you to have a great year and I want you to feel like you're not alone and that you have someone to ask questions to or bounce stuff off of or just commiserate with um, or to share in awesomeness with. So please hit me up or hit anybody else up in these uh, comments. I see Dean right now is shooting out, shouting out Michael Greco saying something to him. Like this is a safe space for you all to kind of connect with one another in that, in that way. So that's it guys.